0: Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 451 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is another of our interview shows going back to our 80s picture house days. Uh, this one, Tom, 2015, we recorded this one. Oh my God. Seven.
1: Years ago,
0: yeah, I know. Every time we do one of these, it's like we're always amazed. At, oh my god, time's gone by so quickly. It's, <laughs> it's just just... every one, we just makes me feel older. That's it. It does. It really does. Uh, and this was a great one again with Doro. And this was, we phoned her up, and she, and you'll hear in the interview. You know, she. This was a period, and she still is. She's always busy. She's never not busy. Yeah. Uh, and she was in Germany, and she was on in the uh, on the autobahn in Germany, and um, she pulled over and and recorded this with us because we were saying, oh, you know, we'll we'll rearrange the show and everything. But no, she was really excited to have a chat, pulled over and had a chat with us on the Autobahn in Germany, which is... Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was a first and has never been repeated. It would be awesome to have a catch-up show with her that would be really good and to find out what's been happening in the seven years previously. The reason I'm re- releasing this is thanks to a guy on uh, on Twitter called at Avalon Miguel, Miguel Lopez, and it's through. It was just, I retweeted um, a tweet from the Ray Harryhausen podcast and um, Miguel liked it. And this is going to sound quite stalkery now. <laughs> so, oh, who's that? This, you know, that's like this. And, um, I, and the reason I... Clicked on his Twitter profile is because of the picture on it, it's of a, it's a guitar, a metal guitar, and then I read on his Twitter bio that he loves heavy metal music and all kinds of movies. So I thought, oh, he's our kind of guy, mate. Is into heavy mm. metal and movies. You know what a guy. And there was loads of tweets about Doro, and that reminded me. I thought, oh my god, we still need to release our interview show with Doro. What a great time to do it now! So uh, yeah, it's thanks to Miguel on Twitter that we're releasing this one now. So Miguel, hopefully you enjoy this chat from uh, what seven years ago. Fingers crossed, we get another chat with her. And it was later in 2015, met that um, mate that I met her at the Tivoli.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, you got that uh, famous photo.
0: The famous photo. Oh, I can I can still smell her hair. It <laughs>
1: i'm just blowing the chances of another interview there
0: oh i know she was so lovely she was really really friendly uh i'll put the picture up on the podcast notes on the website and uh, people can have a look at that but it was yeah it was cracking night she was really good always puts on an amazing show go and get to see her if you get the chance uh we will disappear we will take you back to 2015 again as always the sound quality was probably not as good as what we do nowadays, but we're just releasing the show as it was back in 2015. Uh, so, yeah, we'll disappear, shall we now, mate, and let people enjoy me, you, and Toro. Yeah,
1: enjoy it.
2: Hey, Metal some Headbangers, this is Doro Passion. you're listening to the 80s Picture House, and I'm so happy to be on your show, and I hope you will have a good time, so keep Metal alive, rock on, and I'll see you soon on tour, too.
0: Hello and welcome to episode one hundred and twenty-three of the Eighties Picture House and the forty-first of our In Conversation With series. I'm Dave, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host Tom. Hello, and we're delighted that on the other end of the line we have the one, the only, the metal queen herself. We've got Doro. How are you doing, Doro?
2: Hey, well, great to this, Great to be on your show, guys, and yeah, I was. Really good. I'm just here in Germany and uh, we are between festivals, everything's going really well and yeah, and I'm excited to talk to you guys. So
0: yeah. yeah is good. You've got a, you've got a busy year this year as well, haven't you? I mean you've done so much already and there's loads yeah. there's loads lined up for the rest of this year and beyond. So let's let's start with what you've done this yeah. year so far. Let's start with some of the recent news. How's this twenty fifteen been with for you?
2: Oh man really good we um we started um in america we did a great american tour and it was it was fantastic it was like actually the last couple of gigs for our third year anniversary and we celebrated actually one year so that was pretty much the end of it and then we did uh, europe and then we did um, a russian tour i actually just came back a couple of weeks ago and now we're starting on the summer festivals and we played one great festival already it was the Rock Heart Festival and um, it will it will actually be um, on TV and you can see it in the internet it's I think the 3rd of August uh, they will air it in Rock Palace it's actually a pretty cool show and um, yeah so so that was, that was one of the best festivals so far and yeah and then in one week we yeah we all meet again the whole band they're all like you know, like the Americans are in America, the Italian boys in Italy and you know, Dutch guitar players in, in uh, the Netherlands. So, so in a week, we will, we will start to rehearsal again and then doing all the other festivals. And then we will be soon in England playing the great festivals. So I'm, I'm really excited. The Steelhouse uh, Festival.
0: Yeah, that's the Steelhouse yeah. Festival in, in July in Wales. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you return um, because... Um, we were talking just before we came on air, we were saying your UK tour that you start in November. I mean, the first date is down in Norwich, where Tom is, and then the second date is at the Tivoli in Buckley, where I am. So we're we're both excited that <laughs> we're going to get to see you in November as well. We can't wait. No, Oh,
2: yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think uh, the third one is in London. And then, yeah, and then we do all over Europe again. Yeah, that's really good. And and, and shortly before, um, it was always a dream, like a dream of mine. I never would have thought that it would ever be possible. But um, in, in September, I will go to rock in Rio. And this is, wow, something I always, yeah, I was always dreaming about. But um, it's not as exciting as Castle Donning's Monsters of Rock, but it's, <laughs> getting really close and, yeah and, um, yeah so and, and um, I must say South America that always is fantastic I, I love to play South America it's uh, yeah the metal spirit is as uh, alive as it was in the 80s and that's um, yeah it's always cool but everywhere in the world small uh, big places you know no matter where it's always it's a privilege and it's a big honor to play in, in front of you know yeah, the this is this is something that I
0: wanted to bring up as well because it's it's really obvious from like listening and watching interviews with you over the years that it's you know your your passion for not only for your music but also for your fans as well is something that always comes across very clear from you. You know, you're, you've always been passionate about your music and your fans.
2: Totally, and it's getting it's getting uh, getting more and more intense every year. I think I. I really learned to appreciate it even more over the years. In the 80s when we started, you know, everything is new. You don't really know, you know, how to take it. But, yeah, in the last 30 years, yeah, yeah, the the love, the passion and the appreciation definitely grew. And, um, yeah, yeah. And in the 90s when metal wasn't doing so well, you know, sometimes it, it brings your feet back on the ground, you know, when you know things don't always go like you plan and um yeah when grunt was big and that was a little bit uh, you know having a hard time then when it came back oh god it was so it was so good and I um yeah I, I love it much more than yeah than in the 80s and yeah this is good, the too. good thing and-
0: yeah. Because there's, this, you know, like Yourself and uh, bands like Kiss and Wasp uh, and ACDC yeah. and Motorhead, all these bands yeah. that have got, yeah, got the the longevity and they're still going now, you know, and a road that like, horrible bump period when sort of grunge seemed to rule the 90s and then sort of killed off a lot of rock music and that, you know, all, all of you are back and now, you know, as strong as and sometimes stronger than you were back in the 80s. is really good.
2: Yeah, I, I feel that too. I know when, um, I always see, of course, Lemmy when he's playing and, and we went on the motorhead tour a couple of years ago. Man, the biggest venues and, and yeah, it's it's awesome and uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe Maybe the, the bands, especially from the new wave of British heavy metal, I think they have something which it is hard for for, for anybody to to uh, yeah, to even like when you're a new band, you know, I, I must say I think I learned from the best. I had like a great chance to 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 know them, to go on tour with them. There's something which, you know, is hard to describe but there's a the magic and you know and uh, the serious about it even everything looks really easy and stuff but um yeah there's uh, so much professionalism yeah so much like yeah passion and fun but um especially these bands we just mentioned i uh, you know and i was on tour with everybody and my first tour was actually with wasp in england and my first big tour was you know, with Judas Priest all over Europe. And I really, I learned from it, um, totally. And then the second tour was actually um, in Europe with Ronnie James Steel, And I tell you, it's, yeah, you learn from their spirit. And um, yeah, and I still can, you know, I always feel motivated and inspired by that. And I love, of course, new bands as well, but especially the bands I grew up with in the 80s. I oh, still love them so much. mm mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's same because you not only performed with all these greats as well on on stage. You've recorded with a lot of them. You know, you've done some great duets with with some of the big names too.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The last uh, record on the race your first record, we did another. I think very nice duet with Lemmy, and I did one. Uh, actually, I did two songs before with him. It was in two thousand, and and this one is another ballad. And I I love more than when you play, you know dirty and aggressive, <laughs> but man, when Lemmy sings like soulful uh, song, oh I I love it so much. It gives me chills and um yeah and, and I think he's anyhow he's such a soulful, sensitive, intelligent guy and yeah, and then you yeah, know, singing a ballad with Lemmy oh yeah, you know, what an honor. And uh, you We know, <laughs> never did that one live or the other one. <laughs> this one, you know, I hope one of these days. But, yeah, I, I, I sang or recorded with so many great people. And I must say, I think on each record, there was the absolute highlight. I think everybody, you know, yeah, bring certain magic. It was, I don't know, Pete Steele or... Uh, or George Schneider or Taya and so many great, great moments and yeah, you know, there... or Slash or some guitar players like, oh, like, you know, like wow, you know always like wow. Because
0: you've because you've performed and recorded with so many, is there anybody that you'd still either like to perform with or and or record with? Have you got a list like a bucket list of people that you'd still like to do that with?
2: Yeah, I I, I would love to do something with. Blackie Lawless, I'm a big Wasp fan, and I love his boys. I love his songs. Um, uh, the Crimson Idol is still one of my favorite records, but, and um, maybe Glenn Danzig, and um, yeah, I'm, yeah, something, of course, like, you know, the greatest singers I, I grew up with, like David Cavadiel, or and unfortunately it's not anymore possible with one James Steele. That would have been a big, big dream uh, to record something together. Actually, we were talking about it, too. We did uh, many uh, festivals and tours together, and one time we talked about doing something together on the... He wanted to do, I think, Magicka 2 and Magicka 3 uh, album, but it didn't, yeah, didn't happen. Oh, so. no. yeah, but, um Yeah, but... But who knows? Um, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, sometimes I like to do something with like some unknown bands as well, or some you know some yeah some some people who don't even have a record deal. I'm um, I'm always supporting young bands. I'm in the Wacken Foundation. That's actually it's uh, from the Wacken Festival, but it's totally separate. And they support bands and musicians from all over the world. And sometimes I get some demos and some songs and say, oh man, it's massive, it's, it's great. So, so it doesn't have to be always a big name or a big band, you know, any anybody who has like, you know, something profound to offer or some, you know, some depth or some feeling, yeah.
0: Yeah, what sort of new bands are you listening to? Can you say, name a couple for the listener, the listeners that we've got, you know, if obviously they're fans of yours, so could you recommend a couple of bands that they may not have heard of that they should be listening to?
2: I, oh, yeah, yeah, actually um, there's one band, um, uh, the name is Zaltazio Mortis, and actually, um, and it's a, it's a young band, and they are, they're fantastic, and it's like, it's a little bit different kind of metal like um maybe you guys know the band in extremo something like in that vein but sometimes they ask me if i want to you know like, like do a song together and i said yeah i wasn't familiar with the band and then they sent me a song a demo and i thought oh yeah i want to do it and then i did it and and then we played a couple of times live together and it's it's like a it's metal, but, uh, like, slightly different, and wow, it blew my mind, and the singer, his name is Alea, he is um, a big fan of martial arts, and I'm a big fan of martial arts, and he's actually, he's, he's way up there, he's a kung fu um, student, but, you know, he really knows the stuff, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, yeah, martial arts, and, um, yeah, I'm at the moment doing Eskrima, it's something what I love to do, it keeps me fit, like, body and mind and soul and yeah and this guy alea he's like yeah totally into it and um yeah so so there's certain things you know you you just you know there's some connection you don't know why and how but you know then later on you find out so yeah so i would say you know as i talked to more just wonderful, really great band um yeah some Oh, I, I still love some South American bands. I, uh, I just did a duet with Engra, actually a Brazilian band which was huge in the eighties, nineties, and now they just um, yeah, they just released a new album. Um, yeah, I'm a Bramstein fan. I love Arch Enemy, and uh, yeah, and, and so many more. It's,
0: but it's so cool. different now isn't it from i mean it must be so different with the the way that the music industry is now compared to how it was in the 1980s and uh, it's yeah. it, back back then you could put an album out and the sales were so much more whereas now with the internet and digital download and it's just it's changed the whole face of the music industry and how has how has that affected you over recent years
2: yeah actually um on on one hand, you know, of course, it's not anymore the eighties. On the other hand, we are on tour nonstop, and I love playing live. I I love writing songs or being in the studio, but like, there's nothing like a great concert, or like you know, when you feel the sweat of the fans in your face. That's it. that's what I live for, and and I must say, we tour, like, there so many more countries, cities, clubs. Before in the eighties, nineties, we did a record and then a tour to support. This uh, album, and that was it. And then going back to the studio, and now it's like, yeah, more playing live and uh, less studio time. But I, I love it. And I have now, I think, uh, seventeen records out and four DVDs. We're just working on a new DVD. It will be a double DVD and a live CD for the 30th anniversary. Everything cool stuff is on it. And, um yeah and then and then starting a new record maybe next year but um I was like yeah on the road now yeah the last couple of years almost um 10 or eight nine ten months out of the year and I love it and I grew up in a truck my dad was a truck driver so I guess you know when I was a baby I already was like you know <laughs> to to be on the road my whole <laughs> life and I love it and it's, it's definitely it. That's great. And, you know, it definitely makes you feel much more alive. And, um, yeah, and and I have a better connection to the fans than ever before because you live with the fans. And even when you don't, you know, speak the same language, you understand, you connect. And, and I love that metal is now so huge. I think worldwide. Oh, it's, it's bigger than I've ever seen it before. And in countries where it was impossible to tour before, like, for example, Russia, in the 80s, we always tried, but I said, no, no, no way. But now we are always there. And, yeah, we just, I actually just came from Russia. And, oh, I was awesome. And the fans were awesome. And and I thought, I I already finished our DVD thing. I, you know, I thought, okay, all these concepts, all these I guess that's great. But I definitely have to put Russia on it as well, on the bonus tracks because there you can really see the fans. They go so nuts. That that reminds me of the early eighties and on, really on the early days and yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I um, I think yeah, worldwide, yeah. Metal is very accepted. In the beginning I was felt like a total outlaw and sometimes it was cool on one hand, but on the other hand, you know, people always try to put you down, like like normal people. And um, and now I think, yeah, you know, metal is very, you know, it very is. accepted. And because you
0: know, <laughs> we said, uh, I mentioned earlier, didn't I, about how there was like a little dip in the nineties of like traditional metal music, uh, and you know, grunge yeah, and so yeah. on came in. And it's good because I mean, because you adapted yeah. slightly too. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of of the Love Me in Black album. That have got sort of that industrial mm-hmm. feel to yeah. it. Um, I mean, the the Do You Like It track is my standout one from that. I think that's a fantastic track.
1: But it's yeah, also it's I it's also that.
0: one of the albums as well where you had um, you had a track that was in your your native German language as well, which which you've put into albums every now and again. Is there any sort of thinking when you're putting an album together of why a particular track you would you would keep in German or it, how does how do those tracks come I, around?
2: Yeah, um, actually the very first song was on the Triumph and Agony album and it was called "Für Immer. Deep inside my heart, For Immer, for immer means forever. And that came totally out of my heart, out of my soul. It was like in uh, we started recording in, in New York and all the songs, everything was done. And we we were pretty sure, man, this record is really a good one. And then the guy I did with, his name is Joey Ballen. He was the producer and guitar player you know we were like fiddling around with some ideas and we had nothing to lose because we knew record is done everything was good and then we said "Shall we do one more song and i said oh yes oh yes and he said what do you want to do and i said i want to have the most brutal radical fast aggressive you know dirty song in the world he said <laughs> okay let's do it and then out came the Beautiful, mellow ballad Emma. It was totally the opposite of what we set out to do. And and I think if I wouldn't have recorded in New York, I would have never done a German song because in Germany back then in the 80s, I would have never even thought I would do something in Germany. It was not cool. And English, of course, was an international metal language. But this one, it totally came out. And then we thought, wow, man, this is carries so much magic. And actually it was the second single released worldwide even in America and MTV played the German song, you know, on heavy rotation. I thought, wow, that's like unbelievable. But I guess sometimes it doesn't matter which language it's in. And then, and then the next couple of records, I didn't have a German song. The next one, just a little a cappella piece. And then the record in 1990 it was just titled Doro Gene Simmons produced it. I was a big kid there. it was awesome. And I didn't even really think about like doing a German song. And then the record came out and actually in Germany and also and Switzerland, I said, like, yeah, yeah, well, where's the German song? And I said, I, I, I didn't do any German thing. And, and everybody was so disappointed and I thought, wow, you know, and so, so sometimes once in a while I thought, man, you know, I, I have to do something special, you know, even if it's just a hidden track, but something in German I think makes people happy. Yeah, and then I did a couple of more songs in German and and then some other people, like in Spain, South America, Brazil, they said, "Yeah, but where's our version?" <laughs> so, so sometimes I do actually songs in yeah, in French, in Portuguese, in Spanish. And now on the Russian tour, everybody like, said, "Oh, where's the Russian version?" So I'm actually in the in the middle of doing something in Russian. So I I, I love it speaking I I. I can't speak many languages here and there, some words, I can understand certain things. But singing, I tell you, it's sometimes an eye-opening experience. Um, There's one song, uh, it's called Herzblut, and uh, it was actually originally a German song, and then I did did it in many languages, and the French version kills it. It's so good. It's called A Faux Le And then I thought, okay, I got to do an English version, and I tell you, it didn't come out. It didn't feel right, so it's sometimes very delicate and very sensitive, and um, yeah, so I I always go by gut instinct and you know and whatever comes out, whatever is magic and um, yeah, so on on the next record I don't know if there are songs in different languages yet, (laughs) but I yeah I have that feeling I have that feeling and yeah, but sometimes it's um, yeah. The lyrics were always very meaningful. When I did the German song, I felt um, it definitely had something to say. It had a deep message, and um, and the record you just mentioned, "Love Me in Black," I love that record so much. And there's actually a song on it in German. It's called "A uh, Thousand Mal gelieb. That means a thousand times I've lived. And I always had like, I was always curious about, like, you know, if everything is gone when you die, or how 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 does that work? And then I got a phone call a couple of years ago. It was actually from a TV uh, show. And I said, do you want to do like a, a reincarnation thing? And I said, oh, yes, I want to do it. So I did it. And there's a really nice lady. She's actually Swiss and she lives in Austria. And, um, and she did it with me. And then she said, do you believe in like, you know, having lived many more times before? And I said, well... I don't know, I'm not sure, but I always wrote songs about it, and I'm really curious about it. So, actually, I did it, and now I did it many times, and I tell you, I know many people probably think I'm totally crazy and I lost my mind, but to me, there's no question that we all have many, many lives, and that life never stops, never ends. And in my past life, I was sometimes, I, I, two times I was a guy. One time I was a, a man. I looked actually like Gérard Depardieu, a big guy. I was only drinking. I was very interested in the prostitutes. And I was living in Dubrovnik. And I've never been to Dubrovnik before. We've never played there. And then the TV people said, man, that is so out of, you know, like that's so <laughs> unreal. Let's go there. And then we... Um, Flew into Dubrovnik, and then the people said, "Okay, now, now lead, lead the way." And I tell you, I knew everything, and of course, with the war, and there was sometimes, uh, you know, some, I think, some hurricanes. But I, you know, I, I kind of like ninety-nine percent, I knew where everything was, and and uh, so, so sometimes, you know, music takes you to places; it's unreal. And um you know, I don't want to tell anybody to whatever, you know, to believe, <laughs> but for me, I. I really like. Wow! I was like, yeah, it was an experience, and you yeah, know. And so, um, and now actually, I'm not so sad anymore when somebody dies because I have the, you know, the strong feeling. Yeah, man, we'll see each other again somehow, yeah. somewhere, and you know, so it's, it's a good feeling. It's, you know, a peaceful feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it must. It must help when that happens too. Going through all of that, and you know, the, all the experiences that you've said you've had doing that too.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah totally. and it's, it's it's cool. If somebody's interested, just, uh, yeah, check it out. I, I, yeah, I, I think I learned a lot from it and probably I have to write another song, you know, being a guy and how it feels to be a guy, which <laughs> by the way, I loved, I loved. I thought, wow, man, I think it's much harder to be a woman somehow. I didn't know that before, but now since I know now both, you know, ways kinda. I I definitely think, wow, being a man is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I did something wrong and then <laughs> actually I died in jail. I, you know, I didn't make it and it was pretty hardcore. And um yeah, so but I think yeah, yeah, it's probably you know, there's always meaning to something and then, you know, maybe you live and learn and yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we're, we're glad you came back as who you are now, Doro, because, I mean, going back to, was it episode 32, Tom, that we we picked Triumph and Agony as the music pick?
1: Yeah, yeah, over two years ago. Oh. Yeah, we, cool. we both loved oh. it. Yeah, yeah.
2: We, uh, we just absolutely loved it. Oh, oh that's, that's so nice to hear you. I, actually, after we did our uh, third album, To a Steel, with Warlock, actually almost everything, you know, fell to pieces. We had like... You know, not a bright future at all and then i went to new york um, to do a little promotion tour for three days and then i stayed and then we did this record and everything fell into place and yeah and i, I could i could feel man that's magic and yeah and then yeah and then it got that really yeah. It, could, yeah it was it actually was one of the best records i think we've
0: ever done <laughs> Because you're back in two between Germany and New York, aren't you? Because you live in both. And I know quite recently you had, unfortunately, your New York yeah. place was, was right in saying it got flooded for the second time?
2: <laughs> two times, oh, yeah, no. two times. And yeah, yeah, two times. Um, Actually, I was always living in Manhattan because I loved it so much. And then after the World Trade Center attacks, I thought, man, you know, I, I... I I don't want to live there anymore because my apartment was heavily damaged, and I wasn't allowed to go in. Uh, it was like right across the World Trade Center, and actually, I always went to, you know, to take a taxi or to um, or by subway. I was went uh, the, the World Trade Center. Uh, World Trade Center had a little shopping mall, so I was there. Actually, when I did the "Love Me in Black" record, I was there every day, and and I looked right across, and then. I thought, wow, when this happened, I I didn't feel good anymore. So I, uh, yeah, I, I moved to Long Beach, Long Island, and I thought it's all cool, yeah. And now two times a hurricane and you know destroyed everything. And, oh, and everything, you know what I, what I collected like all the things, like photos, letters a beautiful letter of one James Steele and kind of that like stuff which oh. you know you can never ever get back it's all gone it's all in the ocean and you know like all some awards which I was so you know so 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 proud of like you know when you get your first award or something so I had many things which yeah you know, they're all gone and I was like oh, okay it's, you know That's... you can't do anything about it and, yeah you know,
0: it's still heartbreaking, though, you know, to lose all all the things. I mean, like you say, it's not so much the, the the monetary value of it, it's it's how much, you know, all the stuff means to you. It's that emotional value that it's got for you. Yeah.
2: Totally, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the photo with Ronnie James Dior and he wrote some nice stuff on it, like I always had it, you know, right next to my bed, and because it meant so much to me, um, it was my second tour, and then... Uh, with Ronnie James Dio, and in the months we toured actually America in 2000, and it was so special because it was Ronnie, and it was like the time when we felt metal is coming back a little bit, and everybody said, hey, Doro, don't do the tour, and you know, and nobody will come and show up, and I said, no, no, I, I will do the tour, and I actually, um, I, I spent my my whole life insurance, because you know, touring, it is always expensive, you have to have a tour bus, and so on, so on, So everyone said, Man, you're totally crazy. I said, No, but I wanna do it But I tell you, it was so worth it. It was the tour of my life and actually we became great friends. Ronnie and the whole band and our band and and me and, and, and um yeah and the memories and the tour was packed. It was sold out packed and you know and and then you could tell man metal is coming back, it's it's you yeah, it's back. And it was actually my first American release as well, again in a long time because we did many records like um yeah, the Love Me in Black record and with Heart, Angels Never Die, many, many records. And I was always so happy, so proud of it. I like, oh, man, I have killer songs. And then I went to the record company in America, for example. And I said, well, you know, I think we have some really cool song singles. And I said, oh, that sounds exciting. How great. And I said, well, but is it grunge? I said, no, no, it's not, not grunge at all. And I said, well, it has to be grunge a little bit. I said, no, no, I'm not a grunge fan. I could never do it. It's maybe a little bit more industrial, but no grunge. I said, well, if it's no grunt, we can't release it. Oh, and no. it was like for many, many uh-huh. records, many years. It was like every time it was, it was so shocking. And then the first record was A Call in the Wild. And it was my first America release again. then immediately the Ronnie James Stewart tour. So that meant, yeah, yeah, the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> And Ooh. ever since it's going really well. Oh it is, yeah,
0: show. definitely. Yeah. It's it's really oh. good. I mean like say the the live music scene, especially with rock and metal now, is just so vibrant yeah. to what it used to be, and it's good that it's it's back up and been so popular again. It really I mean, like we you know, you yeah, mentioned yeah. Lemmy earlier, he played Gladstonebury just the other night over here in the UK as well. So yeah, it's it's all getting a lot more popular. So that's good. One thing I've got to ask you though I'm so happy, I'm so happy for him. I've got to ask you, because you mentioned Gene Simmons and regular listeners to the show know about my obsession with the yeah. group Kiss. I've got to ask you... Oh, really? Uh, all yeah, no good. I, I, could, I could not have you on the show and not ask you just to to say, you know, what was it like working with Gene Simmons when he produced your your, your self-titled um, album back in 1990?
2: Oh, Dave and Tom, it was, it was the best. It was so awesome. <laughs> I tell you, me being a big Kiss fan, I never thought... I would ever even get the chance to meet him. And it was so great. He was super, super intelligent, um, very caring. And, you know, he he was, he was great. It was sometimes like, you know, a little bit um, too much for all of us. Because we were <laughs> all big kids. And then every day, you know, when June came into the studio, like everybody was in awe. And, you know, and, and when I had to sing my vocals and Gene said okay go right very close to you know there was a little recording room we recorded actually this album in LA and then he said okay and then look into my eyes and then just like and then I said hey Gene man I can't sing and look at you he said "Oh, no, look right here and, and he said no I can't And he never knew why and I said man it makes me nervous you make me nervous <laughs> and then you know he said yeah shall I get out of the you know um, room and I said yeah, how, how about that? And then, and then I tell you when I'm done, and then you know you can check it out. And actually, Tommy Sia, who's now the guitar player in Kiss, he was the co-producer and he played many guitars. Actually, all the guitar solos. And then he recorded with me because I was, yeah, I was sometimes too, yeah, it was too much. I was too nervous and, you know, and <laughs> even looking at Gene, like, you know, someone had forgotten my lyrics and I thought, oh man, all that, that you know, <laughs> it was a yeah and, yeah, and I never got over that feeling being a big fan. I, you know, like, it was like, every year was like, wow, you know, going into the studio and Gene's there it you was. Know, <laughs> It was awesome, but he was super professional and uh, and I learned a lot and one time i um I wrote a blues kind of song and then um, I played it for Gene and um, he said are you familiar with like blues people and singers and stuff I said oh, a little bit a little bit he said no man you can't sing a blues you have to learn everything next day I know he had like you know a big stack of vinyl and CDs like you know like hundreds oh, of wow. he said, okay so you listen to every one of them and then we and then actually went to concerts I saw Dr. John and Edda James, and I went with Jean in uh, Manhattan with some little um, clubs, like, you know, like some little guys, and like actually, said, like, okay, today, you know, just, but, you know, come with me, I'll show you something, and yeah, we went together to see Dr. John, and it was like, wow, it was so cool, and, yeah, unforgettable. I knew it would be just one time in my life, but it was <laughs> great, and yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, you know, I remembered like it was yesterday, and
0: um, yeah. And you did. You've and got so. such a. You've done a great on that album as well. You did that great cover version of Only You from the Elder, but you made it. Well, it you you made it your own, you know, because you changed you changed the lyrics of it. I mean, the guitar riff is the same on it, but really, apart from that, and and the title and the, the use of the words "Only You," you made that your own, which I think is makes it a very distinctive cover version that not a lot of people. Have done previous or since they'll they'll copy it and maybe add a little bit of their own flavour, but you truly made that version of the song your own. I mean, is is there any story about how that song came to be picked or, and the recording of it?
2: I, yeah, actually, I I heard it once and I fell in love so hard, and then I wanted to do it. And actually, I um, yeah, we just recorded it for the Kids uh, Cancer Foundation, and it was like on a record somebody uh, did it many bands did actually a kiss song and we did only you again and uh yeah, i just love it melody and the chords i brought. like when i hear something once and i love it that much then i you know i, I have to do it the same um actually it wasn't written by Jean or by myself but uh, there was a song it was called um, terminal love And Gene sang it, and it was a demo, and then he played it for me. And I said, oh, Gene, I love it, I gotta do it. And uh, he said, well, and then he said, okay. And then we uh, wanted to record it, and I thought, well, you know, I know I have an accent and stuff, and the keys in terminal love. I thought, man, that's maybe a little bit you know, strange. And I said, how about we call it Unholy Love? And we asked the songwriter if that's okay. Yeah, you guys do it, and so that was the song "Unholy Love." But uh, Gene sang on that demo, and man, it was pretty cool, was <laughs> very cool. And yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, and Gene sang a couple of songs, and so um, he wrote, you know, many songs and for this album. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just love him. If I love somebody, I pretty much love everything about <laughs> you know, It's yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm still a fan. I love music. Love I, I you know, but I'm still a big fan of many bands, many, you know, musicians and yeah, and I and I'm I'm still going into many concerts and festivals <laughs> and you know, you know back then I always hopped on somebody's shoulder, but you know, now I'm usually like on the side and watching the shows and yeah, and it always excites me so much. I was just in London and Saxon uh, had um, an anniversary thing and then I listened to all the songs and I remember Saxon was a big influence too, especially uh, the first three records and God and every song was a hit and I thought, man. Yeah, definitely the bands of the eighties oh, yeah. oh, really
0: something, and yeah, we did denim and leather together. And oh, fantastic! To this, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. How what I'd love to know is how do you keep your voice as good as it is? Because I mean, your vocals are probably even stronger now than they were back in the eighties. Have you got anything, any sort of vocal exercises you do? Do you have to be careful what you know you eat and drink? Is there anything specific you do before a gig to you know to keep your voice as good as it is?
2: actually no no it just pops out and just I guess I'm doing it so much and every day I think it, it keeps your muscles strong and um I'm doing a lot of sports um yeah like I said before I'm a big martial arts fan and and um it's it's called escrima what I'm just doing and my teacher name is Tobias and he's a cool teacher and actually you learn so much you can actually do it uh, with bamboo sticks or with a knife or with a sword. And, uh, you know, and it keeps your coordination good. You you can really, like, you know, learn so much and you can learn to take pain. It's really true. Like, you know, the more you do it, the less you feel the pain. And when I'm on tour, it's always exhausting. I'm always sick. I'm sometimes sick as a dog. I can't even speak a word. But then when there's showtime, you just do it. You feel the fans, and then you can just, you know, do more than you ever think you would be capable of and I think sport definitely helps me to toughen up and to, to just do whatever it takes and I always kind of had this attitude but now I think it um, makes me stronger and you know, and then I can now do three four hour shows no problem which in the beginning after one hour that was it my manager <laughs> always had to carry me off stage because I was like you know close to getting a heart attack and um, the voice was gone, but now it just like it just yeah just pops out. I guess I guess for a rock singer it's different too. Um, in the beginning, after a couple of years, many people say, "Well, you're not a studied uh, singer. You didn't study uh, classical music or opera and singing." And actually, it it it, it kind of like you know it it hurt me. And I thought, man, you know, and and I thought, okay, I gotta take vocal lessons. So I did. It was sinfully expensive, and, I, I did it. and then after a couple of years, people said, what's going on? You sounded much better before. And I said, well, I'm taking singing lessons, vocal lessons, and I said, no, it doesn't work. So, you know, after doing so, I don't know how many years I did it, and but everyone said, much better before, just do what you did before. And then I thought, okay, that's it now, you know. I did it. I, you know, I wanted to please everybody. Yeah, I studied some stuff, but in the end, I think when you do metal and rock I just, yeah, let it come out naturally with power, um, yeah, emotion, like yeah, and and sing from your gut. I think that's all it takes, mm-hmm. and um, and don't hold back and give it your all every day. And I think that's that's it. But, but yeah, I learned some techniques, I guess, <laughs> but it didn't help me at all. <laughs> I mean, for other musical styles, I guess you have to do that. But for rock and punk and metal, I think just, you know, <laughs> just do it. And, you know, yeah. And so, yeah, but it's always there. The voice is never gone, even when it's totally gone before. But, not, you know, you when I go on stage and somehow, it's, I guess it's a miracle, but then everything works <laughs> fine. And it can hurt like hell. That's another story, but it's cool. And that's why I'm doing the martial arts. And <laughs> it's, you, know, that you can take it. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah,
0: One thing I want to bring up for the listeners, Doro, before we round this up, is uh, I want to make people aware that, that you know they'll see you up on stage and they will think that you're all dressed in leather and so on. But you're okay. but you're not are you I mean this is something I want to make the listeners aware of that you're not dressed in leather um please t- tell them about your stage outfits and how they come to be made and yeah. the work that you do with Petra as well
2: yeah yeah actually um yeah, in the eighties I always had like you know like all the great leather stuff and then um one time you know I you know it, it, it dawned on me that you know just because I want to look good, feel cool, have fun, that, you know, that it's actually, it's, um, yeah, you know, animals have to die. And I thought, no, I, I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. And actually, I found a way to have really cool, nice clothes. It looks great. It looks like leather, but it's actually, it's um, it's fake leather. And you can even put it in a washing machine because you know, it's very very cool. You know on tour like the whole band, everybody sweats like crazy. So you know sometimes to yeah, to even wash that stuff is is good, and it, it looks good and no animal got harmed for it. So I'm yeah, I still love leather, but you know I I prefer fake leather, and it, it really I sometimes I can't see you know I don't see difference. And you know, and I, I have a better feeling like about it that you know that I can still rock, you know. But yeah, you know that everything is good. And yeah, and I must say I um I didn't know it. I thought when you eat all the meat, then you know, and then of course you can take the the leather, the skin, but it's actually not so. It's like it's it's sometimes the production is so cruel. If you ever get you know into it and and see some stuff, man, you. you you can't go back and you, know, you can't you can't forget these pictures and i was yeah, connected with peter and i'm doing some other animal uh, you know project and yeah and i love animals i think you know everybody does so you know so <laughs> i definitely um yeah, feel like i don't want to harm anybody anymore and um yeah and it's yeah i think it still looks great and feels good and, yeah, oh yeah looks like leather but you know mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, what we'll do, Doro, I know because listeners may not be aware, <laughs> aware you we've caught you mid-drive, haven't we? So you very kindly pulled over to the side of the road to talk to us, which we're very, very grateful for. So, you know, we're, we're well away. We don't want to keep you too too long. But what we'll do is when this goes up online on the podcast notes on the website, we will be putting up all the tour dates worldwide, of, which coming up in 2015. We'll be putting up on how you can find and follow Doro on Twitter and Facebook and all this kind. Um, and I think what, yeah. we, what we need to say, Tom. I mean, we need to be very cheeky now, and and to say that when Doro comes to do the UK tour in November, uh, the first two dates are at Norwich and at the Tivoli uh, in Buckley. I mean, what are the chances to meet? Because we're going to review these gigs. What are the chances to have to meet up and have a photograph with you, Doro? That would and make two metalheads oh, very God. happy.
2: Yeah, a photograph. Uh, beer if you guys like beer (laughs) and then yeah. yeah i love to hang out after a show especially when you know when i was good sweaty show i i would love that and of course pictures and the whole band everybody always loves to you know to yeah to you know to to party a little bit and like so you know so you can either come to our dressing room or two of us. Sometimes dressing rooms are so small. So, you know, <laughs> two of is always cool, too. And I, I'd love to meet you guys in person. And, you know, and I can't wait to, yeah, to play the UK again. And it's this, oh, this be awesome. I, actually, I always wanted to play the UK in in the 80s. I never even had, I never even thought that we would ever, you know, play outside of Germany. So, <laughs> so it was like it was really something and um yeah and the fans are like wow, great and of course my favorite bands of the new wave of british heavy metal man still i yeah i still learn from them every day and um it's so cool to be a part of it and yeah
0: well, we'll be, we'll, be promo- the medicine, right? we'll be promoting the tour oh. like mad, won't we, Tom? And We look forward oh. To, oh. to it coming around. Yeah, we can't, can't wait to see you back over here in the UK, Doro. And
2: uh, we
0: will be yeah, raising our the best. I
2: don't know if you ever, uh, did you ever come to a concert live? Probably not, right? Um, 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 I'm especially so excited. Did you guys ever see us live? No, yeah. no.
0: Yes, yeah, I have, yeah. You did? Yeah, me and a friend have, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, we, were ta- we were just talking right, about it the did? other night, actually, yeah. So we're certainly looking forward to see you again uh, at the end of the year. It's going to be great.
2: Good, good. And I, shall I tell you a funny story? When we first played uh, the Montes of Rock Festival, we had no idea that it was such a huge festival. We thought, it's a festival, maybe a couple of hundred people will show up. <laughs> and then we we walked on stage and I saw like, I don't know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand 80,000 people. And... <sighs> And we thought it's it, it's a little festival because Castle Donington, you know, we didn't even find it on our maps, and then we thought, <laughs> oh, it's a little gig. And I tell you, what. and back then, of course, there was no internet and no cell phones and no way to find out. You know? So you know, it was a big surprise, and
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well we'll we'll be counting down yeah. the days till you come over to the uk so that we can see you doro and yeah it, obviously have a safe drive back now wherever <laughs> you go and you yeah. know I look forward to all the festivals that you're doing this year and we'll we'll keep every everybody updated on everything that you're doing so and it's been it's been more, more than a pleasure to talk to you and spend some time with you this evening hasn't it tom
1: it's been great yeah really has Thanks. So th- thank-, oh, thank,
2: thank you. Thank you, Dave and Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it and I uh, can't wait to see you guys on tour. know, yeah, live, I guess that's all the best. You know, no record ever came close. To that,
0: so oh no. <laughs> to, <yeah>. Definitely. <laughs> all right. So thank you again, Dara. And it's a safe safe drive thank back. You. All right.
2: Yes, thank you. Okay. And then yeah, and yeah, see you guys soon. All the best. And yeah, have a great Wait
0: night tonight and uh yeah, walk on, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Daryl. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Tom, um, what a way to kick off our fourth year of shows. Come on. Oh, wow, what a what a lovely woman she was. She was absolutely fantastic. Very just very, so so enthusiastic, so yes. genuine. So. Yeah,
1: genuine was what I was gonna say. Yeah, so genuine, so yeah, enthusiastic. Loves going out there and doing her thing live and and just such a love for, you know, metal and heavy rock and that. It's, oh, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, it is it is. It's really, really good. I'm just... Sat here beaming, mate. <laughs> it's always good. I mean, because again, I mean, we say this so many times, don't we, at the end of these in conversation with shows? Um, you know, and we quote the old, the, you know, the old saying that people say, well, you know, never meet your heroes, or which could lead on, you know, don't ever talk to them. And we've been so lucky once again, you know, that somebody. We said it was back in episode thirty-two when we were listening to Triumph and Agony, and we both gave it a thumbs up because we both loved the album so much, you know. And then you fast forward to now, and here we go spending some time with a Yeah,
1: it's almost a hundred episodes later. You didn't think we'd be uh be talking to the woman herself. Exactly, yeah. And then, you know, we've got we've
0: got some photographs and a beer to look forward to over later as well. In yeah. Yeah, that? beer
1: for beer for band and uh,
0: yeah, can't yeah. wait. Yeah, that'll be great. So yeah, that, I always feel that, you know, what, what do we say at the end of these when it's going so good nobody wants to listen to us prattle on at the end because they've had, you know, just rewind it and listen you to think Doro again. Are
1: still, you think people are still listening at this point? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> they've turned off. They've turned off a while back. Uh,
0: so yeah, like I said, when we were chatting with Doro, um, if you go to the podcast notes on the website all of her tour dates will be on there and the ways that you can follow her on Twitter and Facebook and so on. Uh, watch out for a review of the gigs um, coming up that we're we'll going to at the end of the year. Uh, and Tom, All I guess remains now is for you to tell everybody how they can find and follow us online and get in touch with us.
1: Yep, our website is 80spicturehouse.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at 80spicturehouse, facebook.com forward slash 80spicturehouse. Our email is contact at 80spicturehouse.co.uk. And uh, we're also on Instagram and Pinterest and all that sort of thing. Just search 80spicturehouse.
0: Right. And with that, mate, um, another show done. I know at the end of the third birthday show, we did promise people would be back with a regular format one. But of course, when you've got a chance to chat with Doro, these
1: interviews, they can come out of nowhere. They come out of
0: nowhere. So obviously, we do those whenever we can. We're not going to turn that down. So, um, touch wood, all being well, I think the next uh, show will be a regular format one. Yes. Yes, it will. So, yeah, that's it, Tom. I'm going to go and uh, listen to some Doro now. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Uh so yeah, we're done. Thanks for listening everybody and um we'll be back with a regular format show very soon. <laughs>